Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now, after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning, Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning, Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for March 30th, 2020. Well, hello and good morning, fellow pilgrims. What a delight again to be with you. And our continuing look at the Nicolaitan heresy. And I've tried to explain about why I'm taking so much time on it. It's because I believe it's plagued the church and has undermined the true authority of the Spirit of God in and through the Bride of Christ for centuries. Not only has that happened, but We have not heard the gospel of the kingdom of God that I've referred to so many times. The gospel of the kingdom just was sort of set aside in about the third or fourth century, and we became institutionalized, out of which came, of course, the the Baptists and Anabaptist movements, the Protestants movement, the Roman Catholics, and it was building big institutions and big religious organizations. And though God in his mercy and grace allowed blessings and wonderful people through them, it also caused some problems. But in the last days, the scripture tells us that the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom must take place again, and then the end will come. And that increase has begun. It began really probably at the end of the last century, 1900s, with the teaching of Andrew Murray, then E. Stanley Jones, and many others. But the gospel of the kingdom is being preached again around the world. Remember, once again, it isn't just the gospel to get saved or get filled with the Holy Spirit. But in John 3, you remember, it says this about Jesus and Nicodemus. He says, you have to be born again from another realm to see the kingdom. And then in verse 5, the same is true for you to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. And it's entering into the kingdom of God that has been suppressed over the years, I believe, with this clergy-laity myth that I believe God wants to correct. I want to read a couple of things from the book of Acts about the disciples. In the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, let me just read this. I I find it really interesting. Uh, Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's speaking to them, and He says in verse 12, and this is uh, Acts 4, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated, untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. What a profound insight that is. 
Let me read something from the seventh chapter of the Gospel of John. Seventh chapter, Gospel of John, in verse 15. The Jews, therefore, were marveling, saying, speaking of Jesus, How has this man become learned, having never been educated? You see, the whole Pharisees and Sadducees had a whole series of teaching that you had to go through to become one. And then you'll recall in the book of Philippians, and I'm just going to turn to it very quickly, in the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul speaks about his, his calling. And he says this, uh, Although if I, anybody should have confidence in the third chapter, uh, in the flesh I more. Now listen, he says in the flesh, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to a law of Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which was in the law found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I've counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, from whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Can you imagine the shock of his conversion on the road to Damascus? Here's the Pharisee among Pharisees, a great scholar. But scholarship isn't what enters you into the kingdom of God. Now, I want to say something because... Oftentimes when I've been in conversations with people about the Nicolaitan heresy, they somehow think I'm against study or that uh, study is somehow evil and that the law is evil. But I want to go back to the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said this, verse 17 of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Do not think that I came to abolish the law of the prophets, I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass away from the law, until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments, and so teaches others, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. You see what he's saying is that it isn't an intellectual pursuit that gets you into kingdom. But he's also not saying don't study, don't, don't learn things. And people have said, well, Tom, when you talk about this Nicolaitan heresy, you sound like you don't want people to learn how to read and write or think. And I 
try to emphasize as much as I know how that God wants us to study and think. He wants our minds renewed. That isn't the issue. But the only way we know God and the fulfilling of the laws of God that he wants fulfilled, all of them, is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why those verses in the book of Acts, when they marvel about the disciples, or in the Gospel of John, where they marvel about Jesus, he wasn't educated like us. Where does he get this wisdom? And not only that, when he speaks of the disciples, they were having been with Jesus. It was their relationship with the person of Jesus that was so important. As I go back through the scriptures and I begin to read them over and over, uh, the Sermon on the Mount ends with these marvelous words about the rain descending. And then verse 28, it said, the result was that when Jesus had finished these words, the multitudes were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. That's a marvelous thing to see. When Jesus taught, he always taught at the instigation of the Father. I want to read a couple of other texts that we've talked about in different contexts. Would you turn with me, please, to the uh, 24th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Luke 24. And this is after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And after his resurrection... The disciples are walking to a village called Emmaus, and it was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And while they're discussing what has happened in the resurrection, they're still a little confused. Jesus himself approaches, begins walking with them, but their eyes are prevented from seeing him. And he says to them, "Uh, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still looking sad. Isn't that an interesting thing? They stood still, looking very sad. And they said, Well, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? He said, What things? Jesus says that. And they said, The things about Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people. And the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to a sentence of death and crucified him. We were hoping he was the one going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides that, it's the third day since these things have happened. And some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they'd seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb, found it just exactly as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. The scriptures are all about Jesus. And then you remember, they stop to spend the night and he breaks the bread and they recognize him. And the moment they recognize him, he disappears. 
But then in verse 32, they say something that speaks to me of having been with Jesus, those disciples, not being educated in the typical ways. Verse 32, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us, and they returned to Jerusalem. And when they get back there, the Lord Jesus appears to them. And then he eats fish with them. And then he says to them in verse 44 of Luke 24. And I just urge you to go back and read that whole section back in Luke 24. But he says this to them in verse 44. These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things that are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending you forth as a promise of my Father upon you. But you're to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came about that while he was blessing them, he parted from them and they returned to Jerusalem. We're going to go on with this in the end of the book of Acts because it's so important. Notice that he says, I want you to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sin beginning in Jerusalem to all the nations. And yet when we get into the book of Acts, what do they do? In the book of Acts, we're going to read and we'll read those things together. All of this goes back to that heresy and the preserving of a clergy because that's what begins to happen in the book of Acts in that church in Jerusalem till God has to allow what they call the diaspora, a persecution to get them out of the city and to be about the business that God had for them. And then he talks to them about wait for the Spirit, and they don't. We're going to get into that in a little more detail in the next podcast. But please understand why I'm taking this time about the Nicolaitan heresy. I am believing that we are living in a day where we're preaching the gospel of the kingdom again, that we're preparing for the coming of the Lord, and that the church is going to become more vital than it's ever been but it will not be institutionalized and run by clergy and laity. It'll be run by the men and women of God, the sons and daughters of God that Paul speaks about in the eighth chapter of Romans. The sons and daughters that the whole creation has been groaning and waiting for. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, the best is yet to come. So hang in there with me. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.